listening to CFRC 101.9 FM here in Kingston, and welcome to Screening in Kingston. You men who long for love, you mustn't all despair. There's a secret you should know to capture the hearts of the fair. You may not have the looks, you may not have the dash, but you'll win yourself a girl if you've only got a mustache, a mustache, a mustache, if you've only got a mustache. Folk without a hint of pride, but you needn't be a king to make any maiden a bride. You may not have the name, you may not have the cash, but you'll make that girl your own if you've only got a mustache, a mustache, a mustache. If you've only got a mustache, a mustache, a mustache, a mustache, big mustache, thick mustache, my mustache, your mustache. Say the word, the word mustache, a mustache, a mustache. Now we have said mustache, a mustache, a mustache, if you've only got a mustache. That was uh, You've Only Got a Mustache from the problematic movie A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, it sounded familiar to me, but I yeah. couldn't place it. Yeah, I laughed uh, at that movie, yeah, but probably yeah. because my humor is not. <laughs> yeah, I laughed the at best. that movie too, but it's it's definitely not not the uh, not the best, and there are some not things. PC. No, no, and and I you know I consider myself someone who really respects um, you know having to change language mm-hmm. and, and working with people to make sure that no one's uncomfortable. But every once in a while, I, I go in for a cheap laugh, yeah. like, like a movie like that. And yeah, I find it very funny, but I understand why, why a lot of people would hate that movie. Uh, just as an aside, the song is actually uh, not completely wrong. I just read an article that a study has proven women are more attracted to men with beards. Really? It's science. It, oh, and they'll have um, longer relationships with bearded men. Really? That, that actually surprises me. And it comes down to, um, uh, like, the cut of a man's face. So, so like, a, a, a beard sort of helps frame it and shape it in a certain way that's yeah. appealing? Is that a- the idea? Or? Apparently, um, a very masculine face, like like a strong jawline, is off-putting to women. But also men who have too soft of a face is off-putting. So the beard neutralizes, and it's just masculine enough. There you go. Science. Science. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, Remind me, I was going to tell a story today. Okay. But I just realized going over all our show notes and the things that we have to do that we don't have time. Nuts. So I'm going to tease it right now and say <laughs> i have a really good story of something that happened to me last week um beard related no so we'll put a pin in yeah it. yeah we're gonna put a pin in it that's why if it was beard related i would keep it but it's not so we're gonna next week but don't let me forget Got because it. i often forget to include things um so on today's show we have a really a jam-packed show there's a yeah. lot to talk about um, a lot to get to, but I do want to quickly address something before we continue. Um, last week, uh, we lost Stan Lee, um, who passed yes. away. Um, that actually happened on Monday, so mm-hmm. the 12th. Um, I was aware of it before our show, but with all the show notes and everything going on, um, I decided to to sort of leave it. Um, and I thought we could address it this week very quickly, because we are talking about mustaches and yes. that man 
carried a great mustache. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, Stan Lee was one of the, either a creator or co-creator of most of the Marvel um, superheroes you're familiar with, uh, Black Panther, Spider-Man, uh, the X-Men, um, and was really instrumental in helping to kind of kick off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. A lot of people know him from his huge cameos. Um, every movie. He... Every movie. He was always a cameo. And they've apparently banked a bunch of cameos. So we will see. Oh, good. Like they filmed... Yeah, they filmed a bunch Extra. of things in advance. Yeah, because he, you know, he was getting older and his health wasn't great. Um, but yeah, he passed away on Monday. Um, and you know, I'm a huge Marvel fan, a big superhero movie fan. But sort of my reaction to this, kind of like a lot of people's, has been like he has lived a great life. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he was he's been in a lot of pain and uncomfortable recently. And I think that you know it was just his time to go. And he. I don't think he had many regrets of the things that he did, and he lived a great life. It's not necessarily like a sad passing, like a lot of Hollywood, you know, yeah. gone too soon or yeah, a I would horrible say like, illness. He was just elderly. Yeah, most, you know, there's always a mourning period, and there's always a sense of loss whenever you lose anyone. But I think when it's, I think the shock of losing people when you don't expect it yeah. makes it that much mm-hmm. worse. Whereas in this case, there's a lot of people that are definitely going to be affected by by uh, him you know passing away but i also think a lot of people are just celebrating his life because of the yeah. things he contributed the legacy the legacy is there so i just wanted to bring that up before we get started today um that uh, yeah we were aware of that last week but sort of put a pin in it till this week um we are going to get started with some fan questions today and then we're going to roll right into our best hollywood mustaches <laughs> which almost every fan question kind of addresses so it's going to segue yeah. perfectly but you have one that's not on anyone's list i have one that's not on anyone's list and i also have a uh, are you talking about the fail or the the good one? The good one. Yeah, I have a good one that <laughs> and no a bad one, one. <laughs> no one emailed in or t- tweeted in and mentioned. And then I also have a bad one that I want to talk about. Can't wait. Um, so we'll get to that as well. And then we're reviewing the Sisters Brothers today. Um, and I went to see, out of nowhere, sporadically, the Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald movie. What a name! Uh, that part of the Harry Potter universe, and I'm going to review that movie today as well. I'm looking um, forward to so it. Let's let's Potterheads beware. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> let's uh, let's get going here. So uh, first, from Twitter, there was a little conversation that actually got started about the who has the best Hollywood mustache, and uh, Daniel, who is Daniel Wolf, the principal going to be the former principal of Queens, but the current principal of Queens University wanted to chime in and said that um, it's Sam Elliott by a country mile. And I can say most of the people who emailed in agree with with him that it's Sam Elliott by a country mile. Um, a couple of people, David and Gail, also chimed in on that same uh, Twitter feed saying that he also has one of the best voices and most recognizable voices in Hollywood. So I wanted to give a shout out there that, yes, yeah, Sam Elliott, I think, is on most people's list. And He's on my to, list. Yeah, I think he... He seems to be winning. Yeah. <laughs> like by the end of this, I'm pretty sure he's going to be mentioned. If like, there was a times. poll, if there was a poll, yeah, he's won. Sam Elliott, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you know, well deserved. He has a great mustache. Um, I think this name is Orin. That's how I would pronounce it. I apologize, Orin, if I'm mispronouncing your name. That's what I think it is. Um, I want to contribute to the best mustache in Hollywood discussion with my number one pick, Daniel Day Lewis, Gangs of New York. 
also a solid mustache. Amazing. And the thing about the differences is Sam Elliott wears that mustache perfectly where it's just like it's on the face. It sits there. It's just perfect. Daniel Day-Lewis pulls off the mustache coming off the face look and curling down. I don't know why I'm gesturing with my hands. No one can see me. But, I can see you. It's yeah, okay. great. <laughs> I'm thinking he's like explaining the mustache and no, no we're on radio. What are you doing? Um, but, you know, the mustache that comes down and curves and, and kind of curls a little bit and he pulls that off perfectly he's one of those actors that's a chameleon yeah, yeah. like you're like oh that's daniel day lewis yeah. well he's such a method actor too and he like oh, yeah. goes into these there's so many funny stories about him preparing for roles and it's it's so interesting but yeah he's a great mustache yes wears it very well um marissa writes in i know this is generally a movie show but i wanted to chime in but the mustache discussion and make sure that milo ventimiglia i've been practicing saying his name <laughs> um v milo ventimiglia from this is us receives a vote um it does also connect to your discussion last week about steve carell as milo plays uh, an amazing father on this show do you think he'll get typecast uh, in this type of role again so that's kind of talking about our steve carell discussion where we were saying he plays father figures very well and we mm -hmm. often see him as as a father so wondering if uh milio will uh or milo sorry milo will kind of get uh typecast in that first of all great mustache as well he yeah has it's, a great mustache it's and just side. like a nice handsome yeah, mustache doesn't like doesn't it isn't really anything i don't want to say like special but it, it's not anything complicated it's just like a mustache yeah but he wears classy. it quite it's well. a classy yeah. mustache really fits into to this sort of time frame as well of of the show and and because this is us takes place over different time frames his character is primarily in sort of the past in the 70s and 80s and like you know you primarily see him during a certain time frame and it really fits the heyday of the mustache yeah yeah um so she i think is asking do you think he'll get typecast again i yeah. think he's young enough and hot enough that he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about being a dad is is okay so uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know where to begin um is is he considered an attractive guy i've never i didn't know if he was like if it's who i think it is because i don't watch the show it's the father it's the mandy moore's husband yes, in yeah, the show yeah yeah he is a good looking yeah. young okay. man i yeah that's fine I, didn't, I i just didn't know if that that's something that he's he's being sort of recognized for um, maybe but, I maybe I'm the only one. Well, no, that's but. fine. I mean, it's each his own. I mean, that's that's really fine. I I know him more from the TV show Heroes, oh. and he also was in a Rocky movie, um, one of the newer one, not the Creed movies, but like the last sort of Rocky movie. Rocky he, Ten. Yeah, he played like Rocky's <laughs> son, and I remember that coming when he was a little bit younger. Right. Um, but he was still, you know, I didn't like at least in his early twenties at that point in time. And then he was one of the leads on Heroes. Um, uh, for a long time that tv show that right. got um uh oh, i can't even remember that actor's name who plays spock now <laughs> what's wrong with that? Oh. I think that um uh yeah zachary quinto yes <laughs> him and zachary quinto were sort of two of the leads of that tv okay. show um and then he got he got cast in this so i agree with you i think he's young enough and i really think because i've seen him in multiple things mm -hmm. where he played more i don't see him getting tight cast as a father role either i also think he's quite good like i again i've seen him in those only three instances but in all three two tv shows in one movie like he was a different character every time yeah so high hopes for him and his mustache i yeah i mean i think that he i think he eventually the smart thing to do is to leave that show as soon as you can like once you have a successful yeah. tv show the, what hurts actors careers is staying with it for a long mm -hmm. time so he should get out frankly but 
and maybe go to film or yeah or or do something else like i think most of the very successful actors for the most part are ones that do multiple things yeah. you yeah. know they don't they don't generally stick to to one thing um but again that's uh, jennifer aniston has made a great career for herself post friends so that's not always true um but again it's it's something to kind of just watch out for the tv world cool um thank you for that question and and we're always fine with tv coming up on the i show love tv well. yeah so never fear bringing tv up uh justin c on twitter writes a big vote for tom hanks for best mustache in sully is that when he plays the pilot yeah the, based on the true story yeah of landing the yeah landing the plane in the hudson river I can't. Does he have white hair? I really can't yeah. put his face. Yeah, like white, white hair, white mustache. No, really, other facial hair other than that. Okay. Um, it, it's a good mustache. It's it, it really fits in because, um, you know, the white hair and the white mustache. Like it, it really fits well. Often, you know, be, from what I've seen, beards and facial hair change color before the yeah. rest of like my beard is multicolored mm-hmm. it has like if, if if it was it's probably like it's too long for me right now i want to trim it down but when you trim it down it looks from a distance it looks patchy but that's just because i have blonde red and brunette hair all mixed in there so red and blonde i think go gray faster i was told that colors. red turns white really so if you're a redhead oh, you'll you'll have know. white hair I'm gonna have white in my beard great Something to look forward to. Thank I think you it's. For I think white's distinguished. No, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, Justin. Um, so Ronald Coleman, friend of the show, is writing in again. Uh, this is a great story here that we have before getting kind of to the the point of the email. But I'm going to read the whole story. Um, regarding the mustache, several years ago, I grew a mustache for Movember. Mrs. Coleman was none too pleased, let me tell you, but she was along with it considering the cause. Well, that's good. I mean, it is for a cause, at least the yeah. Movember. A lot of people kind of forget about that and just grow mustaches, <laughs> but it is for a cause. There is a whole So good for Mrs. Coleman. Um, when December came along, I wanted to keep it, so I called it my... <laughs> Mesember, <laughs> which naturally meant that Manuary would follow. That's good, Manuary. That's a good one. Um, well, Mrs. Coleman had just about enough, so by the time we got to the month of Manuary came to an end, she announced that <laughs> it was now... I, I don't even... <laughs> these puns are getting ridiculous. Fedupary? Uh, Fedupary. Fed oh, Fedupary. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, and the stash had to go. Sadly, uh, I shaved it off. Mrs. Coleman did buy me a nice mustache-themed themed coffee mug um, that I thought was very Aww, thoughtful. Of her. So that was a good sweet. story. Yeah, keeping the mustache going. Can, for some people, it can be... A lot of people don't like just the mustache without the beard. I am a big fan of male facial, facial hair. And I'm glad that the mm. mustache is making a comeback. I mean, I like I like a full beard. I like a mustache. Is the mustache making a comeback separate from beards? Because I see it more often as like beards um, in general with mustaches are making kind of a comeback itself. But I'm seeing 20, like 20 something somethings wearing like an mm. 80s mustache, mm, okay. which is a lot of people don't like it. I love it. Because I'm here for, for it. The reason why I was so confused about you bringing up the whole statistics thing about like um people are starting to find that to be sort of the more appealing and attractive thing is for the longest time that wasn't the case because like you would see especially in hollywood there was the trend of like the clean shaven mm-hmm. um man, man and then even like when guys take their shirts off they're like 
they've completely most people don't know they've probably shaved Manscaped. quite a bit like yeah like <laughs> most guys have quite a bit of, mm-hmm. of hair on their chest but a lot of it's gone so it's interesting that that's now making a shift and a change I mean, I guess that was, like, evolutionary science that they were conducting, right? So I don't know. Trends always change, right? Like, it's different every kind of decade. Um, But anyway, uh, Ronald then sort of concludes um, the story with saying, regarding Hollywood mustaches, hands down the winner for best Hollywood stash is Sam Elliott. There you go. There's another Sam Elliott. Um, And you can check it out uh, in the Christmas movie this holiday season, the classic Prancer, which I do remember watching. I never saw Prancer. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. I typically stick to like the super classics, mm. but um, I'm always. If down. you're looking for something that's like not just the classics, yeah, give Branser a shot. Arthur Christmas is a good one. <laughs> Arthur Christmas. <laughs> uh, I, have, I haven't watched it. It just looks silly and weird. So. It is silly and weird, but in okay. a good way. Anyways, go to Kathy. Uh, Kathy says, "Hi, Mike and Taylor. I enjoyed the show last week." Um, it's always nice hearing a live show and how you deal with technical issues that come up unexpectedly. So I guess our, our live shows, you can tell when we're live because <laughs> it's not as smooth <laughs> between transitions. We're looking for things. Um, uh, good job to both of you. Looking forward to your list of Christmas movies as I'm not a big uh, Halloween movie fan. Which fair that's enough. fair. Halloween movies, I think, have an acquired taste yeah. to them. Um, currently playing at the screening room is Free Solo. It is a documentary with an amazing storyline, great characters, and great cinematography. Um, a must-see. So there's a little shout-out for Free Solo. Is that Kathy's review? I guess so. Must-see. So I guess Kathy's saying, see it. Well, we go, just keep hearing great Solo. things about Free Solo. Yeah, and we keep saying we'll go see it, and we just never do. <laughs> but it's <laughs> do, like clearly people like it, so it, it's obviously I don't think they, people need to hear our review. No, no. I, I And it does look really good. We just haven't had time to see it. Um, and that, that's our uh, fan questions for the week. So thank you to everyone for, for contributing. Um, just a reminder, if you want to be part of Screening in Kingston, send in your questions email us at screeningandkingston at gmail.com. You can use the hashtag screeningandygk, or you could just find us on social media, send us a direct message, start a, you know, start a conversation. You know, yeah. And that's, you know, we're, we'll track it. We'll find you. Um, okay, so why don't we go through our lists of, of mm-hmm. the best mustaches. You said you have a top ten. Like, you did a, f- yeah. a formal top ten list. I tried. Well, great. Let's, not let's that hear it. I'm not in a, even though I am a fan of the mustache, I would say I'm no expert. Well, I just threw down just a bunch of random ones. I didn't even put it in a list format. So Fair enough. <laughs> you so did you, an actual list. Do you so. want me to start? Yeah, why don't you start? Why okay. don't you give me, like, give give us five. Okay. And then I'll give some of mine, and then we'll go back to you. Got it. So I have Tom Selleck at the top of the list. Yeah, Most okay. famous for Magnum P.I. Can we talk about Tom? I'm shocked no one wrote in about Tom Selleck. He's like, his mustache is like a meme. Yeah, and, and that was, <laughs> I wrote, I put Tom Selleck down too, Magnum P.I. Because isn't that what he was famous for, was Magnum P.I. and having a mustache? I thought so. And in Friends, it's like a running bit about his mustache. Doesn't he always have a mustache? Like I, I, He has Tom a mustache in Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, yeah. Also a really good movie, yeah. actually, surprisingly. Um yeah, Tom Selleck. I, it's thick. It's, you know. Also, he's been around forever. I would have thought, especially consider. I mean, we have a, I was about to say, considering our listenership, we have a wide range of listenership. We have a lot of younger yeah. and, and older uh, people who listen to the show. But I just would have thought if, you know, if you watched any movies in the 80s and 90s, you would have seen Tom Selleck. So. And his mustache. Yeah. You would have seen his mustache before you saw him. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Selleck, there you go. 
I have uh, Errol, uh, Errol Flynn. I may be saying his name wrong. He's He was very famous in, in the 1930s. Um, uh, he played like Robin Hood and kind of swashbuckling. Okay, okay. And he kind of had like a pencil thin mustache, okay, okay. which was like common for the time. Um, so I think he makes the list just because mm-hmm. it's kind of like an iconic mustache. And then I follow that up with Clark Gable, okay, also Clark an Gable. iconic yep. mustache. Yep. Again, kind of more that pencil thin, not quite a full and obviously most famous for Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. mustache is on display in that movie. Mm-hmm. I have Burt Reynolds in A Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, Burt Reynolds, absolutely. Um, and then Sean Connery. He doesn't always sport a mustache. No, but often. He often has one. Uh, I tried to find pictures because in my mind when I think of Sean Connery, I think of him with a mustache. And then when I Googled pictures of him, he often was without one. <laughs> we just, did, did he have a mustache in The Untouchables? I'm trying to remember. I know he had a beard at one point in time in The Rock because he was a prisoner and I think he let his hair... Um, he has a sort of a beard and a mustache in Hunt for the Red October. Hunt for the Red October, so yes, absolutely. if we're being mustache purists, he may not be allowed on the list. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, try, you know, I th- when I think of Sean Connery, I think of him having a mustache, too. But I don't know why. Yeah. Why just putting that? <laughs> we're ne- projecting. Yeah, he's never actually had a mustache. <laughs> like, I'm looking at all the James Bond photos. Oh, no, he never, never had a mustache. He's always had a mu- shaven yeah. for those, yeah. But he's young yeah, in those he movies. Was, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But anyways, uh, okay, so, so maybe, maybe Sean Connery. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so I did five. What do you, do you, you talk oh, about yours right. now? Um, so I also had Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I. Come on. Um, Nick Offerman. This is, was your surprise pick. Yeah. Which I agree with and I didn't even think of. I mean, if there's one person I can say that a mustache suits a person perfectly, it's Nick Offerman. Like he has... He has just a mustache that just suits and works for him. Nick Offerman, for those who don't know, he was i get parks and recreation i think was like his his parks big and Rec one was like his big uh tv show but he's done quite a bit of movies as well yeah um sporting a mustache uh the one that i think it works best in is he plays a uh police officer and i think a border control officer in the movie uh, we are the millers um which is just a comedy <laughs> very funny again very just a very silly another movie, j but... uh uh, Aniston. What, yeah, Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's in that movie, and it's very well. Um, and then I wanted to give a shout-out to Will Ferrell, who grows a great mustache for Anchorman. Is it real? Uh, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, that's his mustache. Nice. Yeah, because he, he... I can't remember what show, but there's there was a show he went on, a talk show, and he was explaining how he... Grew, grows the mustache mm-hmm. in the movie and went to like his kid's soccer game or something to pick his kid up, and someone went up and said oh you're you're this actor he's like yeah yeah that's me and i says, is that a real mustache <laughs> and, he, and he said why would i wear a fake mustache to Twist. my kid's soccer game like what am i trying to disguise myself like not very yeah. well no yeah so that that's it yeah there you go all right um and then i wanted to give a shout out to the mustache man from the movie the greatest showman there is a background character that has a mustache that uh for the longest time myself uh and sort of my group of friends who went to see it we couldn't understand what like what was that so special about him like why is he in the circus why is he part of this group um turns out he had a third leg you find that out by pausing the movie in a very particular spot but he was just known to me as mustache man there you go not bad is it a good mustache yeah yeah it's fine okay i just wanted to give a shout out to the mustache man (laughs) (laughs) shout out so um the rest of my list is uh sam elliott Mm -hmm. Yeah, they um, don't even need to discuss because obviously 
he's a big deal. And then Daniel Day-Lewis, and I had him, A, for Gangs of New York, because it's like, yeah. a, like a curly mustache, mm -hmm. but he also has one in There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a pretty substantial, mm -hmm. and again, he, he, a mustache. he looks very different in those two movies, but He's a chameleon. Yep. Um, Robert, uh, Robert Redford in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay, good. Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. He has a little, <laughs> again, a that. little bit of a, kind of yeah. a, a small mustache, yeah. but it works. I totally forgot about that. And then for general mustache wearing, Jude Law. He just yeah. rocks a nice mustache just Not in, in every day. Yeah. Just in every day. He just has a mustache. Yeah. And he looks pretty good. Hmm. So that's, uh, that's, that's my list. Tell us your fail. I have a fail. I have a mustache fail. So this goes out to Henry Cavill who uh, was in uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. He also plays Superman in the sort of new mm -hmm. Superman movies. Uh, Henry Cavill had to do reshoots for Justice League, and now there's this, like, really famous story of he basically couldn't shave the mustache because the producers of Mission Impossible wouldn't let him because they were still filming, and the mustache had to, for con continuity yeah. reasons, had to stay in there. So they CGI'd the mustache in the reshoots <sighs> off of his face, which is why Superman in the Justice League movie looks like he has like this weird baby mouth face thing going on, <laughs> and it's the strangest <laughs> thing. And I want to say I've, I was extremely disappointed in the mustache and the beard that he grew for Mission Impossible. It was mainly stubble. Mm. which I don't know if people know anything about anything, but uh, I don't know anything about anything. What am I saying? Um, when I, like, if I shaved my beard today, yeah. I would have his level of stubble probably tomorrow. The five o'clock shadow. Maybe the next day, yeah. And Henry Cavill is, like, I'm much older than, than I am and um, can probably grow facial hair at a, good rate i mean look he seems i mean his facial hair came in strong and thick and there's not a lot of passionness so clearly he could but for whatever reason you can't just shave it off for a day and it would grow back it's it wasn't that impressive i couldn't believe when i because then i'm thinking okay when i go see mission impossible because of all this i've heard this mustache is going to be amazing like he's grown this like ridiculous mustache. it has to be worth yeah. worth them CGing it up it probably is like I'm trying to like my my beard and mustache are way too long for me right now. I like to keep it thinner, but I'm trying to look at myself in the mirror. I bet you it was like slightly less pronounced than mine is, so probably like a day or two less growth than than the way mine is now. So just kind of like a half yeah. grown out. Yeah, just kind of like a trimmed down mustache and beard anyway the point is is that was that was not worth it was it. not worth i'm just gonna trouble. tell to all producers out there i know you're all listening to this show i send it to you all the time i tweet at them <laughs> um <laughs> don't do that like that that was just uh, let him shave it and grow it back it would take him a couple days like probably Weird. not even like, anyway maybe he can't grow facial that's the thing he's just embarrassed can't grow it which is also nothing to be embarrassed about for it some people just can't no, it doesn't grow properly for everyone and that's that's okay. But though they made such a big deal about this, and I just thought it was a terrible Hasn't mustache, so who cares? Special effects makeup come far enough that we could have given Covered him a fake... Covered up the mustache? Probably. Or, like, given him a <laughs> fake mustache? Or just movie. shave it off and then film two days later. Like, it's not... Does it even... Is the mustache even part of the storyline? No. Like, could he act no, it without was con the... No, it was 100% continuity. Like, it had nothing to do with anything. 
It was just a style choice. Yeah. Well, that's great stupid. movie though. Mission Impossible oh. Fallout. Really enjoyed the movie. He wasn't very good in it whatsoever. <laughs> that made it even worse. But anyway, that's Henry Cavill mustache right. fail. Noted. Um, okay, we got some movies to review here. Um, mm-hmm. We both saw the Sisters Brothers, and let's start there because we're let's just transition to a Western mustaches. Mm-hmm. That's why we kind of did all this. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the Sisters Brothers? Um, I did not like it, and I this was one of my most anticipated movies of the year because mm. I really like three out of the four main actors. Like they're on like the top who, of my who do you list. Not like? I'm just not super familiar with Riz Ahmed. Oh, okay. You haven't seen um, a lot of his stuff. No, and like the things he's in aren't necessarily things that I would watch. Like he's in the new Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, and um, he was in Venom. Yeah, he is. I will say, he's quite good. Yeah, um, I don't think he's a bad yeah, actor. Yeah. I'm just not like not super familiar, familiar with yeah. his work. Whereas like John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jack, Jake Gyllenhaal, they're like mm-hmm. I would note them as like some of our best actors that are currently working. And I would I would probably argue they're as close to A-list actors. And when I say A-list, I mean if you're not a huge movie fan and you say the, their names, people generally still yeah. know who they are. Like, they're kind of A-list stars. Mm-hmm, for sure. I would also argue all three of them pretty much close to fall in that category. Like, household names. Yeah, like, I think I think if you went up on the street and said, do you know who Jake Gyllenhaal is? Most people would say yes. Oh, yeah. Same with Joaquin Phoenix. Same with John C. Riley. And if you don't know John, if you don't know him by name, John C. Riley, you know him by his face because he's yep. in, like, Talladega Nights, Step Brothers. Chicago. Yeah. Big. Yes. Anyways, he's big and I love him and he's very versatile. He can do drama and comedy. And I will say, I just want to, before we'll get back to kind of your thoughts on the movie, Riz um, Amid, I think, is going to be one of those names eventually. Oh, for sure. He's so talented in everything he's done. I think in like five years, he's going to be someone who you've seen in a ton of movies. I think he was even in Nightcrawler, which I really was like. It? I could be wrong. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal has like his assistant. Oh, I think that's I think that him. Is him. I think he's the assistant. In that Nightcrawler. might have been like his first kind of yeah break into movies. Yeah, great movie by the way. Yeah, but that's a fantastic movie because I recognize him most because he was in Rogue the yeah. Rogue One Star Wars mm-hmm. story spinoff movie, which I really liked, and I thought he was one of the better new characters they introduced. But anyway, he's been acting for a while. Like I think he was in like the Night Manager. Um, but again, these aren't one. these aren't things that I've necessarily seen him in. So yeah. I, he's been saying, around a little yeah, bit. Me yeah, me saying three out of the four doesn't yeah. mean he's not a good actor. It's no. just I'm you, not as familiar with his as, body of work. And he probably, I mean, we could look it up, but he's only had a handful of credits yeah. at this point. He's mm-hmm. quite young, so it kind of, you know, it, it's, that's part of the reason. Anyway, back yeah, to the sorry, movie. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I thought the performances were probably the best thing yeah. of the movie, but also, like, everything else is downhill from there. <laughs> um, so I saw it with my boyfriend, and he brought up some really good points. So essentially... Um, the movie is A, marketed as a, a dark comedy, and B, as kind of a, a standard Western, mm. I would say is safe to say. And he said, um, the movie really doesn't do either things, either of those things well. So it wasn't funny, and the action of the Western, quote-unquote, a lot of it happened kind of off-screen, so you don't mm. even kind of have the fun sort of adventure aspect like gun gun slinging yeah. of a traditional western yeah so i agree with that review that the kind of the things that it set out to do it just kind of fell short of yeah. and it felt really long eh yeah and that i, I totally agree it did feel long and um 
I I saw it with a friend of mine, and he said after the movie, and I think this really sums up the way I feel too, is he said uh, that he's never seen a Stranger movie where he was both entertained but also at times bored. Uh, laughed here and there, but it also wasn't funny. Like, and it kind of went through this progression <laughs> thing. And I was like, that's exactly how I felt about coming out of that movie. Like, I think from the way it sounds, the way you're describing it, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more yeah. than that, but not by much. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of agree that I think for me, what sold me on the movie and what kept me interested was I thought there was four very good, borderline phenomenal acting performances yeah. like, going on between the four sort of lead actors which is yeah John C Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, Riz Ahmed, like all of them did a fantastic mm-hmm. job. Um but with that being said, yeah, I kind of agree that most of the action happens off camera. You don't really see a lot of of the sort of gunslinging things you might want to mm-hmm. see in a western. I didn't find it very funny. Um I was confused that nothing really happened. Like the things yeah. happened in Macrest like went somewhere but not really it was slow very slow um even like even the convention of films like we were talking about this a little bit before like and this isn't a spoiler um but we are going to get into some details but um there's at one point in the movie you're basically following two sets of people you're following the sisters brothers which is john c Riley and joaquin phoenix and then you're following um jake gyllenhaal and riz amid who are over here doing something else and basically it looks like you're going to follow these two sets bounce back and forth and eventually they end up together and that's the climax of the film film. in a traditional western that's what it would be that's what it would be but that does not happen you you bounce between it once or twice but then it focuses on the sisters brothers and then eventually they're all together and then nothing really happens yeah (laughs) so the pacing was weird and again dan my boyfriend said this he's like the movie was really long but for it to to end the way it should, it would have had to have been longer in order. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we wanted like another scene at the <laughs> end of the movie. It just ended. Like yeah. the movies just sort of went to a point and then you thought something was gonna happen and then it completely went against it and you're like, oh, okay, and then it's over. <laughs> I mean that may have been like because this is based on a book, so it may have been the author, the screenwriter's intention that they're subverting traditional Western tropes. Yeah. Um, but like it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, still kind of poorly executed. Like, that's the thing is, like, I feel like aside from the four acting performances, nothing else really went well for the movie. Like, no. it just didn't work otherwise. And I, yeah, I, I it's hard because I've, it's definitely one of those movies that I wouldn't ever watch again. But I also, watching it, I didn't leave going, well, I hated this movie and I just wasted my time. Like, I felt with some of the movies we've yeah. seen. I, I felt somewhat entertained and I kind of, you know, it was, I was, I saw it like late on a Friday afternoon where I was waiting to go from one thing to another. And it was kind of a nice way to kill two yeah. hours, but, <laughs> but it, but it was just sort of, yeah, like whatever. I had the opposite experience in that I saw it at 820 on a Monday mm. and I was just kind of like, it's time for bed. Like, yeah, let's yeah, wrap it up. A good time to see this movie is mid afternoon when you have nothing else yeah. to do. And you <laughs> want to kill some yeah, You're just looking to kill, kill time because you have somewhere to be at 6 o'clock, go to a 4 o'clock movie and see this. I also found that it was too dark to be considered a dark comedy. Like, not to give any spoilers away, but there's a couple scenes where I felt like, oh my gosh, like, this isn't a, a quote-unquote dark mm. comedy. Like, this took a turn that I was not anticipating. Pretty grotesque. I, I think there's one moment that I would agree with you, on, and I think that's what you're alluding to. There's two specific moments for me. I don't know what me. the second one is. So one is when they're at base camp after the mining, 
Yeah. And then the second one is when they're in the doctor's office. Oh, okay. I kind of, I kind of think of that as all one sequence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yes. Then, then I agree. Yeah. Yes. There is some time that between the two, but it's all kind of cause and effect. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, this was not the movie yeah. I thought yeah. it no, was. That's interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That that took a turn. Real, for me. Like, like, real it? dark. And turn. again, the, the friend I was with, he turned to me at that point and was like, "What is going on?" Like at that moment. And again, it's just one of those things where you're just sort of, I don't, I don't know what we're rocking with we're, it. Yeah, at we're this just point. trying to go with this movie and see what happens. So yeah. Um, any other thoughts overall about the, about the movie? There was one shot that I absolutely loved, and it's Joaquin Phoenix is explaining to his brother um, kind of a plot point, mm. and they zoom in on his face, and it's it's just black in the background, and it's just his face. I loved that shot, and I wish they did stuff like that more. Mm. It was similar to your complaint, or not your complaint, but your criticism of the old man and the gun, yeah. where they kind of introduce some stylistic things and then, and then abandon. back to it. Yeah, that's what I wish... And they also did a lot of, like, fish lens. Like, they did it twice, and I wish they maybe did that more. Kind of used, like, classic Western trope editing. I wish they would have done that more. But that okay. one scene, if you go, do end up seeing this movie, watch out for it, because I thought it was really, really great. I just looked the director up just to see if there's anything I recognize, and there isn't. This is his first English-language film. Okay, is that it? Okay. Um, because, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it... Plot-wise, I feel like was a huge miss. Cinematography-wise, there's yeah a couple good moments, but still, it was still a little. There was there were weird cuts in this movie. It was weird put together. Weird editing. Way. Yeah, it was it was kind of strange. You know, some of the dialogue was nice, and there were some cool moments, mm -hmm. and especially the interplay between the brothers, Joaquin Phoenix and. John I could have just Riley. watched like, a, a buddy movie of them. Yeah, like going that, through the West. That was probably the best part, and the interplay between the other two, like Jake Gyllenhaal and, and Riz Ahmed, when they're going back. They and had forth, good chemistry. They had good chemistry as well. Um, Did it you just, get like happened. romantic undertones from their relationship? A little bit. I more got like a weird like intrigue with each other, but not knowing what that right. intrigue was. So I don't know if it was romantic or if it was just a, a sort of curiosity, right. which could also lead to, to romance. But I definitely felt there was something there. I more thought, especially there was a, I can't remember what it was, but there's something that Jake Gyllenhaal said when he, because there's a mo there, there's a time when he's writing in a journal. Yeah. And you can kind of hear Another convention that went away. Um, you can sort of hear <laughs> yeah. his thoughts in there. The and voiceover. Something he says that alluded to a a weirdness or a strangeness between them, but he described mm. it as weird or strange. Like he didn't describe oh, it as okay. romantic. Like I'm pretty sure he said the word weird, which right. made me think that he didn't know what he was feeling between them. Right. So maybe so maybe maybe it's romantic and he didn't. I like, just felt like yeah. there was some romantic undertones. Mm. I had some flashbacks to Brokeback Mountain. Mm. Also, cowboys in yes, the West yeah. and romance. Yeah. But, yeah. Also, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. <laughs> so maybe um, that was what, you know, I was yeah. projecting. No, yeah. I mean, there was definitely something there. Right. There was, I think there was how something you want to more. Interpret. How you want to interpret it is there. But that, that note is what clued me to it was the note in the diary, something about the way he was... Something that he was getting, um, I can't, I can't even remember Rizamit's character's name, but but he, Jake Gyllenhaal Morris was saying, or something. yeah, they had, he had a funny yeah, name. He had a very funny name. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal was saying there was some vibe he was getting off of him that he described as weird. So again, it could have how been, you want to how you they could have been alluding to that. There could have been like maybe it was like they both 
there was some sort of romantic undertone but mm-hmm. wasn't really being expressed or talked about yeah that could have been there for sure my last comment would just be that i finally have gotten the americana movie i've been waiting for so that was my complaint in old man and the gun and in beautiful boy i wanted more vistas mm. which i thought were underutilized in those last two films finally i got to see beautiful <laughs> vistas yes. mountains yes. canyons yeah. that's about it that's that's why yeah, you'll get some good scenery and that's about it so that's uh that's the sisters brothers uh, we got to give it a rating which this is where the rating system again fails for me because this is going to be really hard to to talk about but what what would you are you saying see it stream it skip it personally this is a skip it for me yeah like i i'm borderline between stream it and skip it because for me i would say i never have to see this movie again yeah but you know for some people you might get something out of this i don't i again i've been reading a lot of reviews and and looking at this things about this movie and it's it's not getting a lot of positive buzz at least from from on i don't know about critics but i've read like a lot of audience reviews um which is where i go to a little bit more often than critics um it's it's been pretty negative so i don't know i don't know if over 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, take that with a grain of salt because Rotten Tomatoes is kind of flawed. But all, all that means is over 80% of people think it's over 60% or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and not, it's like a weird 77 system. of viewers yeah. have liked it. Yeah. So yeah. it's one of those cases where the critics are saying yeah. better things than the actual wow. viewers. Yeah, and I would say, like, I would say if you are going to see it, you might as well wait to watch it on a streaming service. <laughs> That's what I would say. If you are going to watch it, I don't see what's seeing. I mean, the cinematography is nice, but I still don't see what you would get out of it and going to the theater. I'd say go see a different Western. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of better Westerns out there. Okay, so I'm going to, yeah, I'll, I'll go with skip it too. So That's we're fair. Both, we'll both say fair. skip the Sisters Brothers, even though there are four fantastic acting performances Gosh, in it they were so um, good that's uh, what all four sucks. Of them. yeah which which is not great but what are you anyway, gonna do yeah um okay so i'm i'm gonna quickly <laughs> do a movie oh, review right. yeah i forgot um, i saw uh fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald which by the way fantastic beasts i guess is now like you know harry potter and the i guess they're going with fantastic beasts which doesn't make sense it makes no sense the first movie was called fantastic beasts and where to find them and that's based off of like this author who wrote this book in this in the fictional harry potter universe um so that means the first movie is actually called and where to find them because if fantastic beasts is like the <laughs> prelude right. then then if you're going to call it by its only its titles then we have and where to find them <laughs> The Crimes of Grindelwald. Those are the two <laughs> movies. Anyway, side note. Um, I, I went to see this movie for a couple of reasons. One, because the, you know, I'm not, I would not describe myself as a, as a Harry Potter fan as much as I've read all the books and I've seen all the movies and I enjoyed them. You're a casual fan. Yeah, but I don't, I'm not into all the lore and new canon and You're not writing on. the fan, the fanfic. I am not writing the fan fiction um, for Harry Potter. So... I went to see this at a curiosity and because my the person who would normally drag me to Harry Potter movies is not currently living in Kingston mm. so I was like okay I'm just on a whim it was a Monday and I was just like I'm on a whim I'm gonna go see this movie um, it is also disjointed <laughs> and pretty much is just I, I was describing it to you off yeah. off air of if you've ever seen the movie Crash where it's basically here's a bunch of vignettes that's loosely connected to a theme it reminded me so much of that where here's a bunch of loosely connected scenes and events that happen that are kind of connected but not really and don't really pay off in the end do the characters come together 
Um, yes. Most of them, yes. But there's some that don't. There are some that don't. That's um, kind of And there dumb. are some moments and things that happen that happen, and then there's no payoff. Mm. And then it just sort of moves on. Um, I felt this movie suffers from a constant problem that happens in large, um, uh, I guess, Franchise. franchises or cinematic universes yeah. or whatever, where they're trying so much to set up the next movies, they forget to make a good movie first. So the crimes of Grindelwald to me, so this is supposed to be two of five. There's going to be five Fantastic right. Beasts movies that all talk about um, the Grindelwald is a character that was mentioned quite a bit in the books and a little bit in the movies as um, a potentially romantic partner of Dumbledore, but definitely friends, like very close to, to people who were very, very close, right. who grew up together and basically split apart because of differences in, in fundamental philosophies. And One is evil, one, one is good. Yeah, like Grindelwald basically, again, sort of like um, Voldemort believes, you know, we are supreme as... as Would it be too know, far to and, say Nazis? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Like There's certainly ultra right wing yeah, political beliefs in the wizarding world. Absolutely, and and definitely the use of um, the use of sort of marketing and political right. jabs and the way you sort of conduct yourself and the, like that. There's definitely a comparable. Got absolutely. it. Got it. Um, but the movie just failed to be an independent movie mm-hmm. from from setting up everything. Like I, at the end of this movie, I thought oh there's two things that they set up that could be very interesting right that i was like oh I, maybe the next movie will be interesting but that's not i feel like that's not good and even hardcore harry potter fans i think you deserve better than this it's poor storytelling it to is. have to watch two hours of prequel just to get yeah. to the next and it's lazy it's lazily putting things together because you know where you want to go but you for whatever reason committed yourselves to five movies tell the story the best way possible the way you the way you want to if that's two movies if that's one if that's 12 whatever you should be putting the plot the overall point of the movie the characterizations all of that should come first and then the rest of this money grabbing stuff should come second well that's what it is at the end of the day they know that they can make money off of making it five instead of three well and i wanted to bring this up because the box office numbers weren't great for this weekend well there you go i hope this is a lesson well and i think it should be and i want to talk directly to all the harry potter fans out there this is me me to you i'm not saying boycott it but i'm saying express your discomfort and dislike with the movie i mean it's not good it is not a good movie just just uh, even structurally fundamentally characterization wise they started to go somewhere and it just didn't it didn't work. It didn't go anywhere for me. I do know, um, because I'm on Tumblr and I am on like the periphery of some of these mm-hmm. fandoms, even though I'm not like involved in them, I do know that um hardcore Harry Potter fans do take issue with a lot of JK Rowling's um they say like she's a good world builder, but mm-hmm. like that's about it. And they they're they spend a lot of time writing fan fiction to kind of fill in the holes. The and holes. I think um <laughs> they have a lot of issues with these prequels yeah, that they yeah. think that is it shows the weaknesses in J.K. Rowling's writing. Yeah, and I think I think transitioning from novelizations to doing 
movies, I think she shouldn't have a writing partner. If she had a screenwriting partner who could work with her to maneuver through some of these issues in the films, it might make it better. Because there are definitely a lot of holes, definitely a lot of things that they don't bother explaining right. um, that was very confusing. I will say, though, to be somewhat positive very quickly, is that Jude Law did a great job. Um, I like Jude Law. He played the young Dumbledore. He did a great job. Um, I am now way more interested in the Newt Scamander character than I was before because we learned more about him. This movie, this would have been great if we had a series of movies with Eddie Redmayne playing Newt Scamander called Fantastic Beasts, and there's three of them, and it's him and his friends going along, and it's really interesting. Finding all the animals Finding all or whatever. Animals. Cool. That would have been great. And then a separate set of movies that's like, here's the kind of what, how Dumbledore and Grindelwald met and what they go through and getting to here. But it feels like we've skipped the interesting stuff about their lives and we're kind of making um, Eddie Redmayne's character, Newt Scamander, like this kind of throwaway character as a plot device to get to somewhere else. And it's just, it doesn't work. The movie doesn't work. Weird. Don't go see it. <laughs> it's my <laughs> thing. Read I mean, some fan fiction Yeah, instead. like, if you're curious, go. I just can't recommend it. I wanted to review it because it was coming out and it's a big movie and I wanted to kind of throw it out there. But, um... It's, it's not a great movie. Don't go see it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's the official reveal. That's my official review. Skip it. Yeah, skip it. Um, <laughs> and now we're going into um, a, you know, we need no introduction for this. So let's just, uh, let's just go into the next segment. It's time for everyone's favorite segment, beloved by every single listener. Not a great plan. Let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod, a super soldier, living legend who kind of lives up to the legend, a man with breathtaking anger management issues, a couple of master assassins, and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. That's right, it's not a great plan, where we take a look at headlines and current movie news and see what Tony Stark thinks of them. Here's our first headline. General Mills wants to make Count Chocula the next Leonardo DiCaprio. Not a great plan. My mustache. <laughs> Added a little mustache thing oh, in there. Mustache. Yeah. Um, so what does that mean? <laughs> I know. It's a very confusing headline. So General Mills has made a website, and it's an open call for any producers, writers, actors, pretty much anyone. And they want to, um, they want people to pitch their ideas um, based on General Mills characters. So, you know, like, so you know how cereals have, like, mascots? So, like, Count Chocula is one of them. So okay. General Mills owns a bunch of intellectual property uh -huh. around these cereal mascots. Okay. And so um, they, they now have an open call for people to pitch stories and projects based on these characters. And where does Leonardo DiCaprio? I know. I'm sorry. This? I apologize. The <laughs> journalist or whoever wrote this didn't do. I think they want. They mean like they want to make Count Chocula like the next like household name. Oh, you know, like, like the, the next star superstar. Count Chocula. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe you know maybe Leonardo DiCaprio will play Count Chocula. Something. I think that's. Super random. But anyways, it's a weird. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's weird that it's an open call. It's not a contest. It's, that it's an open call, yeah. That they're literally just like, anybody who has an idea, submit through our website. Well, there you go. I uh, think the headline is, work with our monsters. 
So, screening and Kingston fans out there, submit your ideas. Yeah, all the make, film students. Let's make Count Chocula the next Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> let's do it. It's, so maybe it is a good plan. <laughs> yeah, it's a, what a great idea. <laughs> okay, what's the next headline? Hugh Grant will also give this American TV thing a try. Joins Nicole Kidman's HBO drama. Not a great plan. I'm stuck. And this is the HBO drama that won a lot of awards this year, right? I'm not, it's not, um, I'm not sure, I read, the article made us on that Nicole Kidman's doing like a new HBO, because the premise is that Hugh Grant is her husband, and he goes missing, and it's about her dealing, so I don't know what she's been in recently i can't i can't the name escapes me but there's the one with the women yeah and it it won a lot of awards it's separate i think it's separate from that because um like i said the premise is that hugh grant goes missing and he's um her husband why i think this is not a good plan is because like do we really care about hugh grant anymore um did we ever care about hugh grant that's a good that's a good question like nicole nicole kidman huge Mm -hmm. i think she's a great Mm -hmm. actress um, I have no problem with HBO and new television. I just think like, oh, Hugh Grant is the is the husband. Like, who cares? He obviously goes missing and doesn't come back because it's it's Hugh Grant. Who cares? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he doesn't come back. I mean, disclaimer: I have no idea if he comes back. Someone watch the show and let me know. I just realized like Hugh Grant's taking a real beating in this conversation. But <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, I kind of agree. I don't. I've never really. I haven't seen much with Hugh Grant in it, and the things I've seen, I've been like, whatever. He always plays him, so. like the smarmy, like good-looking British guy, kind of, or like kind of like a little bit, but like he's either smarmy or a little bit bumbling. Mm. But um, either way, like it doesn't do it for me. I don't think he's that great of an actor, and like to be up, like to be acting against Nicole Kidman, it's yeah. kind of like, eh, we'll he see. Was, he was okay in the movie with. Um, What's you wrong with even, me today? I can't, can't even, even think of it. Meryl Streep, um, Florence Foster Jenkins. Right. Which came out a couple of years ago. He was okay in that, but it was, again, a very minor character. He wasn't really the point. He wasn't even the best secondary character in that because um, the... I can't remember. You know what? Let's just move on. Just <laughs> Hugh Grant, wah, wah. Hugh Grant, whatever. <laughs> Netflix and Net- <laughs> wow. Netflix announces World War II drama, which is also an experimental animated live action hybrid project. Not a great plan. Mm, I'm stuck. Okay. That's some live bloopers for Kathy there. She'll enjoy yeah, a that lot one. Of live, what is I don't know what's going on. We got on. marbles in our brain and yeah, our mouth. I don't know. I'm I'm having like a really weird day. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Um I don't even honestly, I don't even know what you just said like i didn't so, even listen to it so netflix <laughs> the streaming service is announcing a new world war ii drama which they didn't produce it it was produced by another um producing house whatever you want to call okay. it production house okay um and they've bought they bought they it bought to distribute to it. okay um and it's um what i read it's about a an american platoon who was involved in the liberation of Dachau, one of the death camps. So pretty dark material. Um, What I don't think is great is that they're using an experimental animated slash live action hybrid in order to tell this story. I think, wow, you've picked some very heavy material 
to be very experimental with. Yeah. And the article described it as um, closer to what we could expect in in the movie uh, A Scanner Darkly, which came out in like the early 2000s, where like it was live action and animation was like put over the live action, which to me, like, I don't like how it looks, but. No, no, I. So it sounds like what they'll do is kind of what they're doing with video games these days is they film the live actors and then they put the animation with CGI over top of the actors. I don't know what it's going to look like. That's I think tough. it's a I think it's a very bold take. With that with yeah, with that content, that's whew. And uh, we'll see. I think it was originally produced for the History Channel, so it has like some okay. historical weight. I don't know, but we'll we'll see. Well, let's not talk about that one anymore. <laughs> let's move <laughs> on to the next one. Dan Aykroyd is still trying to make Ghostbusters three happen. Not a great plan. Mm, I'm stuck. Just give up. No. I'm sorry. I know. I know Dan Aykroyd's kind of local, so maybe he's listening to this. Oh. Uh, give up. It's not going to happen. It shouldn't happen. Believe me. If you're thinking out there, oh, that sounds great. I want that. Trust me, you don't. You don't want this. It's not going to be good. I'm not even going to comment because I just think it's a bad plan. Terrible plan. (laughs) Terrible plan. Do not do it. The only background I can tell you is that he was talking on like a podcast or like a radio show recently. And that's why it's in the news. Because like last week he was like, again. Oh, he's wanted to do this forever. The script is in the works, he said. No, don't do it. Okay, let's get the last one. Army Hammer and Lily James to remake Rebecca, inviting all sorts of unflattering comparisons to the original. Not a great plan. Mm, I'm stuck. I have some interest in this because of um, the two actors involved. Like, they're both, again, up-and-coming young actors who I, I think have done some, some good things. But, I mean, definitely, uh, if there's some unflattering comparisons. Well, that's kind of like a joke headline. It's because... Um, the, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, premise of Rebecca. Not really, no. Um, a young woman uh, remarries like a wealthy British man, and the whole novel and the movie um, is spent comparing the new wife to the dead wife. Oh. So that's what they're saying. We're going to spend our whole time comparing the new Rebecca yeah, to the yeah, old. Yeah. I don't. Um, I'm not confident in this casting. Really? Um, are the the? I always in my mind the. Um, the husband in Rebecca, who Army Hammer is playing, is a little bit older, more more suave, yeah. kind of uh, tragic and mysterious. I think Army Hammer is a phenomenal actor. I just don't think he kind of embodies those characteristics. They could age him up um, in certain ways. That's I mean, they, true. They've done it well and and poorly, <laughs> so <laughs> it could go anyway. But I I do think like you know he he is usually I default to the acting performances. If he's good, um, yeah, he'll be able to pull it off. anything else, um, you know, anything, really, uh, especially age. I, I would say if the actor has the chops to do it, they can pull it off. So, yeah, I would say, like, yeah, I understand if, if it's supposed to be older. But they could age him up, and they could make that work. Yeah. And she's quite young. L- Lily James is still And she's young. supposed to be much younger than the, the husband. Mm, she's supposed okay. to sort of be, like, a woman of... Reduced yeah. means, kind of nondescript. To look at them both, like he's still quite young, so it doesn't, you know, they're they'd be pretty close, I would say. Uh, that's I'm just for me the not a good plan. I don't yeah. like the casting, but that's yeah. just personal preference. Yeah, and maybe maybe they'll surprise you. Maybe it'll be something like really good. I love a gothic movie, yeah. so I'm looking forward to the movie. Okay, 
Um, so that's it. We're just about um, at the at the end of the show here, and uh, that's it for this episode. And uh, I think it's been a pretty good one. We we covered a lot. Covered a lot of stuff, and <laughs> and we're right we're right on at the end of the year on time. So um, hopefully. Uh, Next week, we'll, we'll continue with some, some great fan questions. Please let us know um, things you want us to talk about, and please keep sending in your comments. Otherwise, go see some movies. Uh, check out Free Solo. We keep getting <laughs> Apparently, people. it's yeah, really apparently good. It's really good. Um, so go see that. Um, otherwise, uh, we will see you. Well, we won't see you. but We'll you'll catch you. We'll you know catch what? you next we'll week. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>